Welcome to BizBytes, brought to you by Com Together, helping businesses like yours build their brand through telling amazing stories to engage and grow audiences on multiple platforms. I hope you've had a chance to listen to part one of this interview on BizBytes. Stay tuned now for part two. This these stats were brought to me a couple of days ago, and then they've they've been around for a couple of months now, but. Um, the amount of websites that exist in the world, it's something like 1.1 billion um, business-based websites. But what's alarming is, is that they say that over 82% are inactive. And so, so when you sort of say, okay, there's 18% that are active, that's still a huge number of websites, but the ones that are active, if the majority of those are just, copying and you know and pasting from yeah. you know, from generic stuff then the ability to actually stand out is actually quite great it's it's yeah it's, yeah. it's a really and it's why you know it's one of the things we, we here we are on the podcast and what's interesting is is relative to the number of um uh, of websites the number of podcasts that exists are Far smaller number. So when you're doing that, and and you know, here we are, we're having a, a genuine conversation. There's no AI yeah. involved in in us having this conversation, and uh, that authentic piece of content is in itself making you stand out. And I think that's what people are going to. Um, you know, it's not just going to be Google. It's actually people that want to connect with stuff. I don't think we're ever going to be able to completely rely on AI choosing something for us to uh, who we're going to who we're going to do business with it might choose to connect you and suggest here's three people that might suit you but at the end of the day you still have to have that human contact and uh, you know I know it was yesterday I was um, searching through the internet for something that we needed for our house a significant thing that needs to get done and I was looking at the different businesses that were coming up and realized that the decisions I made about who I wanted to connect with had more to do with the people that were talking about them in a particular way and even the and how they responded to any bad reviews, because that's often an important yep. thing as well, that helped govern the decision of who the three that I would get a quote from would be. Um, Are you putting a window in your house? Are you knocking a wall out? Uh, we're demolishing it, so we're getting rid of all of it. So, um, right. uh, yeah, so that's uh, yeah, that definitely needs an expert. Yeah, yeah don't DIY yeah. that bit. No, no, it's as fun as it might be to take a sledgehammer to it. No, that's not what we're going to do. So, um, but, but it was really interesting going through that, um, going through and under and seeing how people responded to that and that and I was looking for the human stories not for the yeah. the mechanical of this is what we do and and how we do it I think it. ultimately like people are going to buy from people and the mm. AIs are this wonderful tool that can help us like it was like Google you know we when Google came along we all just went wow like I literally have Google at my fingertips I can find out um what the menu is at this restaurant I can find out what the weather is in Manila I can you know find out what the soccer score is like it was amazing to have all of that information that we could suddenly learn at our fingertips. And I do think that AI is that same sort of paradigm shift where we're going to say, instead of sort of saying, oh, you know, you know, what's the weather in Manila? You know, maybe the AI is going to say, well, the weather in Manila is this and you should pack this. It's going to be able to, you know, um, pack, you know, these clothes or, you know, these 
the Pracken umbrella. And so it's going to be able to level us up even one more step. But ultimately, I don't know that we're going to give our credit cards to the AI to make purchases on our behalf, because there will be little intricacies that are coming through. Like if you're on a tight budget, you might think, well, it's my daughter's birthday. Um, I don't particularly want to spend on that when I'd like to spend on this. And the AI doesn't necessarily know what's happening in your real life. So ultimately, we're not going to give our credit cards to the AI for a very long time, hopefully, maybe with some minimal like minor purchases such as milk and bread. But we're not talking about big purchases. And so for marketing, you know, the this new wave of, well, I don't know, do you think it's a new wave of marketing or is it just evolved marketing that's coming through? Ev- I think it's just evolved. I think it's, um, it, it, I was talking to someone the other day who sort of reflecting on AI and saying it's just an extension of um, what people have been doing anyway, that yes. you know, the idea of getting someone else to write some generic content has been around for a long period of yeah. time. And yeah. so this is just another tool that's making it there. And it's always been that the people that are prepared to inject themselves into it is going to make the difference. And I think that's what I mean about AI is often has become in many respects another job for people to do. It's just a different job. There are so many people going, I, I can't believe the amount of people that are going, oh, I have to use ChatGPT or whatever their AI tool is to do this and that. And they're getting into it and they're doing it and they're not really sure why they're doing it. And and I had, um, you know, recently where I, I um, asked on social media for is anyone interested in this thing that I was uh, putting out and had, you know, a, a lot of responses and one of them happened to be someone I knew quite well and uh, sent her a message and said, hey, did you really want this thing? And she went, oh, I didn't even know I put my hand up for it. My, you know, I was just cutting and pasting from from um, an AI generated comment and it just said, yeah, I want it. And I was like, wow, that's, that's it's just, and, and that's the, it, it, it startles me that people think that there's a value in that. There's no value in that. It's no. um, it's ticking a box saying, oh, yes, we do comments and we're active on social media. And like, but you're not really. It's yeah. it's not really you. And and I think there are increasingly tools that are cutting through some of that. And I, I think you're absolutely right in saying in, in how what Google's going to do and probably is doing already is no different to what, you know, we're seeing it on, on um, social media as well that, um, there's no doubt that the algorithms can tell when the comments and things that are on there are being, you know, consistently the same. Um, yeah. Basically, it's it's a uh, it's a really interesting period to be in. We post a lot of videos. I know you do as well, and yeah. uh, the videos get much greater cut through, except when you have a whole lot of people commenting the same thing and often having no relationship whatsoever to do with what's in the video. So forcing yeah. them to watch the video is one of the is one of the keys uh, to to some success in that area. It's a little little side tip. Um, yeah, I wanted to uh, explore a little bit the the backstory of how you got here because we touched on the fact that you were doing websites, but 
I mean, in the day, even when you started going into that, websites were were fairly new. I was thinking back that, you know, I remember where I was working at the time and and Google was relatively new. Um, We were still using a bunch of other search engines at the time um, that don't exist anymore. Um, but even before then, so how did you get in? So so when you sort of were studying and doing whatever you were doing, how did you get into the journey to getting into websites in the first place? To get into websites, my father came to me. My father is the most brilliant man. He brought one of the first uh, portable computers into Australia. He's an electrical engineer. And uh, we used to have this portable computer on our dining table and we used to, my brother Angus and I used to play flight simulator on it. Anyway. He said to me um, one day, he said, Katrina, if you can, I've bought this thing called Coral Draw for you. If you can make a logo on the computer, you'll earn a million dollars. And I thought, oh, Dad, why would I do that? I like drawing with my hands and, you know, I like painting with my hands. Anyway, sure enough. And then a couple of years later, he came to me and he said, Katrina, there's this new thing called the internet. If you learn how to put a brochure And he gave me his brochure. He ran a computer shop at the time. He gave me his computer way brochure with his 286 and, you know, 386 computers on it. And he said, if you can get this brochure onto the internet, you'll make a million dollars. And I think he did the same trick with my brother in that he said, um, my elder brother, he said, if you can work out how to sell the computers on the internet, you'll make a million dollars. And so my brother started up these bulletin boards and, um, was selling computer parts online. Anyway, fast forward about a, a, another year or two, uh, we were selling a million dollars a month in computer parts wow. on the internet around about the time we met you mm. um, because we had worked out how to get a logo with Coral Draw and whack it on the internet. We'd learned how to make websites. So at the time, we were um, paying for an IBM WebSphere license, which is the equivalent of Shopify, but not as good. And it was $200,000 a year just wow. for that license. So, you know, we learned how to do this internet thing and um, we worked with the likes of Gateway Computers and Yahoo and all of this sort of stuff. And we were we were selling stationary, um, stationary supplies and computer parts online through all their vehicles. And it was basically drop shipping. It was an outsourced drop shipping model. This was back in the 90s. Anyway, fast forward and I because I'd learned how to make compute, like learned how to make um, uh, websites. I then had very large companies coming to me. I did the training for like the largest supermarket chain in Australia, Woolworths, teaching them how to make an intranet. Sun Microsystems, you know, I think I must have been 22 at the time. They got me in Australia, New Zealand, the APAC um, region got me in and said, how do we do this internet thing? And so for, I think, 10, 12 years, I literally made all their websites and their intranets for them um, because, you know, no one else knew how to do it. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, you know, 20 years running an agency. And then one day we got really, we, we had, I had this really surprising realization. I was mediocre at everything. I was pretty good at pay-per-click advertising. I was pretty good at email marketing. I was pretty good at web development. You know, we had a little team. We were okay at everything, but there was this one anomaly. We had this client that had had 800 unique visitors a month. And they said to us, could you get us some organic traffic? We don't really want to do um, our ad campaigns are killing us. We're spending $20,000, $30,000 a month and it's killing us. Can you try to get organic, you know, free traffic? And I said, oh, you know, I'll have a crack at that. 
14 months, maybe, yeah, about, let's say 14 months later, um, we were getting 150 to 180,000 unique visitors a month to wow. their website. And it was just via blogging. And it was a very particular type of content that we were creating in the blogs. Um, but I sort of thought, wow, like, I'm really good at this and I absolutely love it. Like I'm obsessed with the content, like, you know, doing a bit of software, whatever, or doing an ad campaign. Oh, I just, just didn't really resonate with me, but I love being creative. I love working with creators. I love working with storytellers. Um, and so that's how Copysmiths was born. I closed down the old agency and thought, you know what, I'm just going to dive straight into this thing that I actually love and that I'm actually, you know, love waking up and getting doing every day and, and that we're really, really good at. So we, that's what we do now. And so that's that, you know, that's that whole timeline. And my father's, you know, the inspiration for that because he started it with just saying, if you can put a logo onto the computer, you'll make a million dollars. And I was like, what, what is this thing? Coral draw and page maker. And what is this internet thing? And so he got me started with it. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it, how the, that those kinds of influences are huge. I remember reflecting back on my dad was one of the early, early adopters of computers as well, and we had the uh, the uh, TRS-80 that was uh, from Tandy Electronics at the time, the Trash-80 as we used to call it. I think it took us about five years to realise it never worked properly in the beginning, but um, it, was, yeah. uh, it, was, it was interesting, um, uh, you know, going through those experiences and building that, and I think it's... Um, uh, you know, and I love the I love the journey and how you've realised those things because I, I I think that it's so often the case that we end up doing things in business that we're okay at and just yes. keep doing those things all the time. We're better uh, than we're better than the client at it. Yes, but just <laughs> and 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 I think as well that it's also about what you love doing. And, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, for me sitting here and having these conversations and, and being part of um, bringing out people's stories is such a, a wonderful experience because it's just that you, you're learning all the time and it yeah. gives you an opportunity to have these kinds of conversations where we're reflecting back on what we did 20 plus years ago and how that's, that's just it. I think that's the interesting thing when it comes to websites, it's just, so massively changed. And I think people are um, underplaying the value of their websites now, which I think is also interesting, um, you know, and because it, it's massive not, point. Yeah. I know you're in the e-commerce space, but um, it's not just about e-commerce people that the website mm -hmm. is still the, the front line for your business. Uh, you know, it's the pivot point, isn't it? Time. It's where everything comes from. You're absolutely right. That's a massive point, Anthony. And I think that people forget it, don't they? They absolutely do. And 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 what surprises me is how often you have a conversation with someone is, and you say to them, oh, I had a look at your website. And they go, oh, I don't really love my website. Um, that is, it, it's it just all the time, right? And it's not high on their list of things they want to, they, oh, we don't want to spend money and redo the website because, um, and, and I get it, you know, that, that, that whole rebuilding of a website is a big task. Um, and often you don't need to rebuild it, by the way. I think it's, it is about injecting that personality into the into the website, which is going to make you feel completely different about what's there. I think too often it used to be that people were looking for the very, the visual cues and that, oh, it's got to look really beautiful and it's got to look like this and that. And those sort of things became relatively easy to achieve and not often very relevant 
to anyone's individual business. I've seen some some professional service type businesses that have these beautiful looking websites, but you realize all the images are stock images. There's no personality in them at all. It's just here is all the things that we do, all of our services and, you know, maybe a little bit of a history, but not much personality in there. So I think that whole idea is, has, um, has really transformed. And I think that's the, what people need to to cotton on to is, is that's where it's, it's like it, they've it got to come be. back to it. Yeah. Like they've got to come back to it. It's like that narrative you were saying at the very beginning of this um, episode is that the news channels or the TV channels used to just tell us what to pay attention to. And they do today with the social channels. So LinkedIn says, well, we're more important. We're going to be the ones that get your leads for you. Or, or, or TikTok says, well, we're bigger than your website. So we're going to get all your leads for you, which is completely self-serving to those channels. So they create that narrative, but what you just said was, um, oh, I took a look at your website. Everyone does that, don't mm, they? Absolutely. Everyone starts a conversation. They don't say, oh, I went through your TikTok and then your LinkedIn and then your, and then your Facebook and then your Twitter. It's always part of the conversation. Oh, I took a look at your website. And that is usually the um, inflection point. That's the point where they decide whether to purchase or not because they've taken a look at your website. The other thing about your website is it's that one last bastion that the other channels don't control. It's a completely unmediated channel that you wholly control. Email and um, websites are the one last thing, kind of until someone invents something else, that you truly control the conversation with your potential, you know, your community. And um, people just, and, and you know what? It's really hard. Uh, because websites don't come with their own little operating system, so to speak. So what I mean by that was people would often say to me, well, how can I measure whether content marketing works? And I'd say, well, it's like it's super hard. It's notoriously difficult. And you know why is because Google, for example, um, they have invested millions, tens and tens of millions of dollars in developing the AdWords platform because that's how they make their money. So if they make 90%, 90 plus percent, 98% of their revenue from ads, it makes sense that they develop these software platforms such as AdWords that can extract all of that money from you with, you know, oh, well, here's your conversion rate. Well, if you just tweak this, then we can get a bit more money out of your bank account and we'll make you more money. And so because they haven't ever built a platform that says, well, here's your content marketing. This is how it's working. If you just tweak these words, we can make a bit more money for you. And because they don't make money from our content, they don't make money from our websites. They haven't built these platforms to optimize how we spend our money on our website. So I always think that's another thing that people, um, I'd love people to understand is that um, just because it's hard to measure, People will say to me, well, how will I know when the content marketing's working? Like, how will I know when content's working? And I always say to them, you will know. You will know like it's a massive snowball that's hit you in the face as you're skiing downhill or whatever. Like, you will know very clearly whether organic traffic is a channel because, and I know loads of businesses and loads of people that, you know, come to me and they say, yeah, oh, yeah, content works. But it's because they've given it time. Um, they've been uh, consistent with it. Um, but yeah, it works. It just takes a bit of time. I love that. We often finish this uh, our podcast with a with a discussion about the aha moment that 
that clients have with you. And I think you've just summed it up. It's that moment, isn't it, when they realize that um, the the content that they're producing is starting to really make a difference and people are starting to resonate with them, uh, with what yeah. they're producing. I think that's, it's a huge thing. And and I suppose the, the question really is just to finish up is, is the length of time that that takes is going to vary from business to business, isn't it? Because I think there's there's often this impatience that business have and saying, oh, it's got to work in, you know, in X amount of days or weeks or uh, time. And, and, and it can take a period of, you know, a longer period of time to get all those things working. But when it does and it really yeah. clicks into gear, it's huge. Yeah, it's a bit like what Simon Sinek says about the infinite uh, business. And he sort of says, you know, it's, it's fine to have these goals, but really they're arbitrary. It's like, you know, I'd want to lose five kilograms in three months. Um, if you don't hit that goal or if you don't hit a sales target, it doesn't matter so much. What matters is that you've gone on that journey and that you that it has improved. You've Maybe if you've been trying to lose weight, then you've improved your lifestyle by exercising and eating well and all this sort of thing. It's exactly the same with content. We always have people say, when will it work? And we say, well, you're in a really aggressive industry, you know, like a very competitive industry where there's a lot of content producers, it's going to take a bit of time. Or, well, you did some really dumb things in the past, like bad backlinking, it's going to take you longer. Or you've got a really niche product, it's going to go really quickly, but you won't get millions of visitors, you'll get 10,000, you know, you get a 1000 true fans. So it's always very different. But what's most important is that you start exercising, you start eating right. So if you want content to be a channel in your business that brings you sales, brings you engagement and brand awareness, you have to start eating right and doing the right things. I think that's some fantastic advice. And and Katrina, we're going to have you back as a guest again because there's so much more territory that we've got to cover. And I think we've still got a gap of Fun, 20 years it? that we've got to fill in, don't we? Um, yeah. But thank you so much for being a fabulous guest on, on BizBytes. I really appreciate it. And as we always do, we'll, we'll include all of the information of how to get in contact with uh, with you and uh, in the show notes with the uh, with the episode. So thank you for being a great guest. Thank you, Anthony. And everyone stay tuned for the next episode of BizBytes. BizBytes is brought to you by ComTogether for all your marketing needs so you can build your brand, engage audiences on multiple platforms. Go to comtogether.com.au, follow the links to book an appointment for a free consultation.